0: A podcast where, every week, communists sit down to shoot the shit about current events, history, political economy, and theory. This week, we sit down to discuss, in our News Roundup episode, the November 4th Antifa takeover, the leftist circus shit at the LA Anarchist Book Fair, Kevin Spacey, the terror attack in New York, Osama Bin Laden's hentai stash. And, the 19th National Congress of the Communist Party of China. And, before we get started, I should apologize in advance for some of the audio. We've been experimenting with different recording techniques, and this one ended up with results that were, shall we say, suboptimal. So it is a little, um, the sound drops out in a couple places, and I tried to patch it together as best I could, but I think it's still pretty listenable, and... We will try to avoid this in the future. Enjoy. I'm
1: Jake. I'm with Communist League Tampa. And joining me tonight is Rosa. Uh,
2: Rosa coming from Shy town I guess. Whoa. Lexi. Hey.
3: Lexi, eyes bleeding from JavaScript. And
4: Donald. Hey, it's Donald also from the Communist League of Tampa. Here for another news roundup.
1: Yeehaw. Yep. News roundup. Um. One thing I've been thinking about lately, because I often want to like write something for like the CLT website or opine on this or that, but I feel like I'm always at least like three days behind on any uh, news things. And I don't know if it's just like me getting more disconnected or me just not used to like the hyper like accelerating news cycle on everything. That you know what I mean? It, like it feels like it feels like everything is like sort of a runaway news cycle that nobody can really control anymore.
4: Yeah, I I, I know what you mean. It's really hard for me to, to really figure out what's going on about something because there's just so many stories coming out at such a fast rate. And it seems like stuff that, you
1: know, in, like, previous decades would dominate the news cycle for at least a few weeks is, like, come and gone, like, in a matter of hours, you know? maybe Maybe yeah. there's just more... Maybe there's just like more like mass shootings and killings than there used to be. But I feel like those things would stick around like a while longer back in the day. Like, you remember those people who thought they were going to go up in a spaceship? So they drank all that Kool Aid and died. Like, oh, yeah.
4: You know, that scared. was in the news. Heaven's That
1: was in the news for like a month. And they were, they were, they were already, there was no more news because they were already dead. But it was in the news forever. But like now I feel like that would be like a blip that would be on Twitter for five hours and everyone would just kind of shrug and move on i don't know like i don't i don't know if it's because like trump's president and like he just like you know tweets something new every six hours or if it's because you know the internet like attention economy has shifted to the point where they figured out how to like compel people's eyeballs with new information in just the right way that will keep people moving along i don't know but because reality is
3: created into images (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. I I'm, I admit I've been smoking some weed and reading to board, but you know that's not really. I think I I still think I'm onto something here. And one thing that you know I think is pretty much completely created by the media and was designed, you know, perfectly to be forgotten. Is something that was supposed to happen yesterday, the uh, November fourth Antifa takeover, that right. you know the right basically invented, and then of course nothing happened. And I always wondered, you know. What are they going to do when nothing happens? What well, was obvious? They declare victory. Did they? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, they
2: did. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. The InfoWars guy. Um, Not Alex Jones. Uh, Paul Joseph Paul Watson. Paul Joseph Watson. It's oh. like, where are the Antifa soldiers, huh? Where are they now? And, and every. It's. it's beautiful. They all were
4: going to come out and fight, but they decided to stay inside because they were scared. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, that's literally the line
1: that they take. They, uh, I think that when I saw it, because I went at the end of the day on November 4th and I was like, went to Infowars.com and I just looked and this like, epic fail. They took <laughs> <of> the takeover, <laughs> failed to oh work, and people were just like, yeah, look at these, look at these rallies, there's nobody here. <laughs> I think they literally just went to a park and said there was supposed to be a rally there, and then a pine that
4: there were
0: no <laughs> like this there.
3: Wow. I guess you can't just call for a revolution. Weird. Yeah. yeah I know. Who
4: would have guessed?
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, there was some kind of basis to this. Like, the a vacant We're going to do, like, a weird rally thing across the nation, sort of. Yeah, they have a front
4: called Refuse Fascism, right? And... Right. They were doing a day of action today. So I think they found out that the RCP was doing his day of action. And they probably think the RCP is secretly behind the Antifa and like, you know, controlling everything. Hillary you know? Clinton. Yeah, and, and well, like yeah, Soros is sending Evagian checks. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what they think if you
1: scroll through the comments, they're like, man, Soros sent all those people all that money, and they couldn't even be bothered to show up. What a bunch of lazy losers. Uh,
3: <laughs> now, that is true communism. you can get George Soros <laughs> to fucking bankroll our shit, and we don't even do it. Ah, oh, yeah.
1: No, I mean, and that's, that's what's so – and this also got me thinking about, you know, the sort of boxes that – you know, the algorithms, like, put us into. And it's got to such a point where, like, the right can invent for their base, like, a a leftist push that nobody on the left was planning except for maybe Baba Baking, and then it was going to be some lame rally where they were going to papers. They could turn that into, like, a a coup d'etat and then convince all of their people that it was you know that they won when yeah exactly it's it's really crazy
3: when i was what i was saying before i wasn't even poking fun at you jake i was even gesturing further down the rabbit hole towards baudrillard where like news kind of like the news is made in the newsroom you know like like the truth is like manufactured in the media
4: <laughs> yep. like
3: uh, manufacturing I mean- consent I'm, well and yeah. it's,
1: it's it's not even just the media, like it's manufactured, you know, amongst like the this online
4: I guess that is the media now, isn't it? Like it's the,
3: it's like the, it's, the, it's diffuse rather than concentrated media, you might say. Yes. One uh, thing
4: I've that's interesting is how so many people in America really do believe this stuff from Alex Jones. Oh yeah, and I mean without any that, irony that, whatsoever. And that, the thing well, is if you if you read Alex the whole thing, well, well, I think it has to do with religion actually. Because Alex Jones, like in the end, like it's the the devil is the globalist and the bad guys, and it's all about you know Christian redemption, and the kind of wacko Protestant like culture of bottom up like preaching in America totally goes along with you know that what kind of. Wacko Alex wow. Jones type stuff. Never
3: really thought of it that way. That's pretty interesting. Because you you're know, willing and, to believe
4: in like Christian fundamentalism, you're willing to believe that like the Illuminati runs everything. Yeah. Like that's not that much of a leap in logic.
1: Well, and yeah, and uh, this is that's a good point too. Because I was gonna, I was just about to say before you said that, like this is in a sense this isn't new because you know this comes out of the same like conservative chain circles that you would see in like the web 1.0, where it'd be like you know. Uh, people would just send letters about how the left is doing this, they're doing that and send us money to, f- I mean, I guess the the left does the same thing, like move on.org, but this would be based on like the looniest conspiracy theories, birtherism, all that, that stuff. But it also is kind of connected weirdly to the like huckster culture and like, you know, sort of the white, uh, not working class or D de- class elements of like hucksterism, like, um, uh, Amway and like televangelists. And this idea that, you know, they can sort of by altering your like consumptive habits, you can find some kind of like redemption, whether it's like Alex Jones's like pro pure water filtration systems and survival seeds. Or if it's like the, you know, the miracle water that like they'll they'll sell on like the Christian channel or if it's like the alternate like herbal products that you sell in a pyramid scheme to your friends and like try and make money that way. Like it's all it's all kind of a piece in in a way, I think.
3: Did anyone have any other thoughts on this or? Yeah, just a Marx quote from the German ideology. Up till now, it has been thought that the growth of the Christian myths during the Roman Empire was possible because printing was not yet invented. Precisely the contrary. The Daily Press and the Telegraph, which in a moment spreads inventions over the whole earth, fabricate more myths in one day than can have formerly been done in a century.
2: I mean, I sort of of want to make an a weird sort of defense of Alex Jones. Don't stop me from doing this, but considering what happened with Kevin Spacey, I think some kind of weird pedophile ring in Hollywood is actually, and like within the elites, is actually sort of like kind of possible, really. Like, Uh, It's it's
4: definitely true.
1: It's definitely real. Yeah, that's what sucks, because it it gives credence to guys like David Icke. Like, we're... A couple years ago, they found out about, like, that, how the Tories had, like, a pedophile ring in, like, the 80s or whatever.
2: Yeah, yeah. And also, also, the thing that's, like, really, really weird about the Kevin Spacey thing was that they were making jokes about it on 30 Rock. Like, Kevin Spacey being a pedophile. And 30 Rock wasn't the only show to do that. So, it's, like, those, those... weird conspiracy theorists who like think that rihanna is making like luminani hand symbols at her concerts when she's like giving a little, little heart out you know th- those people might have some credence to think shit like, like that well um, especially uh, wow especially when the elites are basically joking about how they're pedophiles openly I guess. Well, there
1: there is an element like to the with the Kevin Spacey thing that there was to Bill Cosby, where you know everybody knew about it, but for some reason, right now we all decided to get mad about it. Same thing with like um, Harvey Weinstein. It's I'm not saying we shouldn't get mad about it right now, but it's like why weren't people angry about it before? Like why did it all of a sudden become this thing that you know people oh. would basically.
4: I think it has to do with that economy of attention. The modern media system is—you know—there's so many news stories that we're supposed to be concerned about at a given time. They kind of have—you know—it's—it's—it's it's, it's kind of rationed
1: out. But I know, like with the Cosby thing, like that half That—that's the spark for that was when, like, that comedian Hannibal Buress was doing a bit about how, you know, Bill Cosby was raping people, and he did this bit, and then it caught on social media. Yeah. And caught, Cosby got taken down and then all you have to do
4: that. is google Bill Cosby sexual abuse allegations and you could find out like oh shit yeah there's there's two many of those are did not be real. I
1: don't know if it has to do with like
4: the new culture of like you
1: know I guess what they call like SJW stuff online. I'm sure that's like a big part of it. Um, I think too it was just I don't know it, it's an inter- it's an interesting moment that people are actually finally sort of going down for this.
2: I don't yeah. think it was I don't think it was like SJ people because honestly like the the people who are really into the whole, oh, everyone in Hollywood's a secret pedophile it, it's mostly the Alex Jones weird all right crowd. That's why Weinstein is getting a lot of attention. It's well like, no
4: but, but I think like the the kind of um growth of like gender politics and the growing acceptance of it has made the environment more it has created a better social environment for
2: people to come forward about these kind of I, things. I mean So I think I think that's a factor i mean yes and no like Mm. the latest hot take to make right now on twitter and a lot of social media among like that sort of sj crowd social justice crowd is to say that the only reason that people are listening to kevin spacey's victims is because they're male and it's it's the worst yeah
3: and you've yeah oh yeah yeah. people really take men getting raped super seriously or males getting raped males it's it's
2: as cringy as the whole oh we only care about the opioid epidemic because it's happening to white people lying right it's yeah people
3: care so much about the opiate epidemic god you know caring about it all the time all that virtue signaling about the opiate epidemic you know i mean saw's always do Trump Guys, literally, Guys?
2: Trump, Trump made one speech and he, he assigned, like, he declared it a health emergency. There's no funding. There's no funding to actually do anything. So yeah. he, he just, he was basically just virtue signaling. It was literally right, just but it, virtue signaling. I mean, that's what he got elected to do, though. <laughs> yeah. He got and- elected to tweet things and to trigger the libs. That's it. That's all yeah. these people want, but it's well, so I mean, funny. That, that so hot take we got—we got, got the full president.
1: Every everybody who was like going after Cosby were all women, though,
2: and like Cosby yeah. pretty much went down. I mean, even yeah. what he—I mean, he
1: didn't get—I guess he didn't convic- get convicted, but he went. It went to court, you know.
2: Yeah, I'm talking more about Cosby and Weinstein than, I mean, uh, Weinstein and Kevin Spacey than Cosby. Right. I, I don't think they would have gone after Cosby because Cosby is one of the rare breed of black conservatives out there
1: yeah they were losing their shit like as the names kept they, to poor they in.
2: didn't want they didn't want it to be him yeah and they didn't they didn't want the Please stop sagging your pants yeah he was That's their most
4: useful black guy and he went you know
1: yeah. yeah they were like this this is OJ all over again how can this happen?
4: Because Bill Cosby was like a huge symbol of black conservatism. Like so was, was
1: OJ. Yeah. Really? OJ was. A oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Like, he didn't participate what? in any of that. In any, you know, he didn't participate in any of that 60s radical shit. When people, when they boycotted the Olympics, he went to the Olympics. Um, yeah, he was he was definitely like he was he was he basically he confessed to me like he didn't think he was himself as himself black. Like he told me, I'm OJ, I'm not black. He was like a like a staunch symbol of like kind of reactionary ath- a- reactionary black athletes. But anyway, um, is there any other uh, any other thoughts on Kevin Spacey or uh,
3: I, I, I think say- it's po- I think it's really possible to exaggerate how much there's like a big cultural shift. Because of media, but I don't know. I, it's changing I hope, forces of production. Yeah, I, I hope someday you know technology will just will in- into the world of something more feminine and human. But I think that's probably uh, probably has a lot more to do with just a sort of general reconstruction of a kind of tell your truth world that's, that that media is allowing. I guess the social relations or whatever. I don't know. Yeah,
4: it's a, it's, it's a product of this extremely subjectivist kind of society we live in where we all are kind of just, you know, as commodities competing in the marketplace and we all, like, construct our own unique identity to sell.
3: But, I mean, that that has a progressive edge because that means that people that were never going to tell their story before do start to have a platform. Yeah, it's true. It's true. There's your leveling.
1: And I feel like, you know, like, obviously, like, the problems of, like, you know, sexual assault and stuff are kind of endemic in society generally. But I do think there is something unique about Hollywood in that it's a pretty clear example, a pretty stark example of, you know, a labor market where there's supply like far in excess of demand. You know what I mean?
3: Not only that, it's like the model for all labor markets now, the star system. You know, it's it's true. You have a bunch of losers that are never going to make it and should just quit and go do something else. And you have, you know, a few people that everyone knows their name. Yeah, and there's like a small subset of like other people
1: who just kind of like eke out a living and make way less money than you'd expect them to. Right, right, uh, right,
3: right. There's, you know, circles of indies and uh, has-beens that are still respected. Right. but
1: um, And that's interesting, too, because if you look at Hollywood, like it originally was like a factory system. Like, they basically produced movies on an assembly line, more or less. And, like, directors would work for a single studio, and they'd shoot, mm. like, multiple movies every year. And they all, you know, they were all kind of shot in similar sets and so forth.
3: It was such and, an industry that the union is literally called, calls itself a guild.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it was, you know, it shifted, like, and... You know, according to like changes in the marketplace, you know, around the period of neoliberalism and it's sort of shifting now and like adapting to technology. Like it's, it's pretty interesting how that field is pretty concurrent with like other trends in the market generally. Uh, but anyway, so um, I think the next thing I'd like to talk about is um, the uh, L.A. Anarchist Book Fair was recently attacked by the New Black Panther Party. As some of you. OK, so here's here's what they posted on Facebook. As some of you may know, the book fair today did not go on as planned due to a multitude of issues. The book fair will continue tomorrow as planned from 12 to 6 p.m. alongside Lamar Park Art Walk, the monthly community event organized by Ben Caldwell. First of all, we acknowledge that we as a collective should have taken more action to connect with the community surrounding Lamar Park, given the recent waves of gentrification in L.A., specifically Lamar Park, a primarily black neighborhood we should recognize that the history of anarchism has been perceived as a predominantly white movement, especially in the United States. This was reflected in the makeup of many of the vendors who were either white or white presenting, which resulted in a negative reaction from some of the members within the Laymark Park community. Tensions rose, and especially in response to the disruption, the collective decided that the presence of vendors in the plaza should end. Given the power of white supremacy in this society, we understand that some members of the Lamar Park community would react to such a heavy presence of white-slash-white-presenting white, white, present slash white presenting people. A space such as an anarchist book fair should act to bring light to anarchists of color, and that anarchism is not and should not be a predominantly white movement. Nonetheless, we understand the complex politics of visibility that was at work today was something that we did not carefully consider. We hope that tomorrow's book fair and upcoming book fairs will address these issues further. Um, and just for again yeah, for perspective, basically they got kicked out by the new Black Panther Party, and not some like random
4: uprising of local community members. <laughs> yeah, the the basically the anti-Semitic, patriarchal, like hyper-nationalist new Black Panther Party that's completely disowned by the actual surviving members of the Black
3: Panther Party.
4: <laughs> but like, um,
3: this this was it sounds like it was written by like a neoliberal PR agency. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a PR. Our statement and it's this just like the state. Fuck the system, anarchists. Well, like, the one
4: thing that I heard from anarchists that maybe were like, "Well, we should have we should have organized and you know mobilized the community before we you know had our book fair there." But it's just like, when the fuck have you people ever actually organized the community? Like, what are you talking about? What, <laughs> like, not only that, as, but it's as
2: like as if the new Black Panthers represent the "come quote unquote" community.
3: Oh, that's Jesus Christ. Bad. Like yeah, they that's... couldn't, they couldn't just say some anti-Semitic fascists larping as black nationalists, actual black nationalists. Like, commie bashed us out of a public park. Like, <laughs> you you can't even expect anarchists to be that direct that they want to put on kid gloves for the new Black Panther well, Party.
4: It's because in the United States they think that racism equals fascism, and people don't understand that black people can be racist against other non-white people and can still have reactionary beliefs, and so. The idea of black fascists just doesn't make sense to a lot of, like, U.S. leftists. It's like, yeah. wait, black fascists, but fascism is racism. And but it's like, right. like, it's, it goes to show how, like, I actually, Jason Sakai, of all people, has an interesting article where he talks about, like, third world fascism and how fascism is, like, not necessarily a white concept and can be adapted to all cultures around the world.
3: Yeah, I don't know what else to call, like, anti-Semitic. Like, I I know that there is, you know, a kind of sad, you know, tradition in black nationalism to claim that, you know, the Jews were specifically responsible. But that stuff really absolves greater whiteness of a lot of its sins by pinning it all on greater whiteness's traditional inner enemy.
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah, it goes back to this sort of weird part of discourse that has popped up Around, around like anarchists and left, in in the left in general, like the idea that if if you're white, you you can't criticize like weird black nationalists who ha- are openly anti-Semitic and homophobic, because you're white, and and that's basically just making fun of black people. So by proxy, so just by that alone, you're racist.
4: Yeah, it's so, the whole idea. You got stay in your lane. It's not your issue to talk about because it's just, it's not your identity. The
2: thing, the thing is, like, it pops up so rarely that no one really points it out often. So, you know, you're like a situation like this. You know, it would be really helpful if someone like pointed it out. Like, hey, these guys, they're they're anti-Semitic and homophobic. You know, it, it would have been helpful to point that out. But no one did that. No no one who was in their
3: lane did that. Didn't no. they like whine about some primos on that post instead of being Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, let me, let me
1: oh, a yeah. little a little more of this actually because they addressed that in the statement too. And also, yeah, this is basically um, like uh, you know uh, HR department speak, which of kind of like all – that. It kind of is all like social justice stuff so if you think about. it.
3: Yeah, but they're anarchists. They're not supposed to be caught well, in like, bureaucratic. So much-
4: so much of this social justice stuff is just from anarchism which is just like individualist liberalism
3: yeah but do you know what there used to be like a you know something of like a nihilist or you know labor anarchist tradition that was at the very least non-respectable if nothing else and it's just really interesting to see anarchists like bend over backwards to be gentle with fascists
1: where where are the manarchists? Where are, the cla- where are the class of struggle essentialists. Yeah. <laughs> where a nation turns its
0: lonely
3: eyes to you. Hey, I'm not, look, I'm not saying I'm like super Manarcho fab or whatever. I, I fucking hate that shit. But still. I, I think well.
1: one, 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 Actually, one of my favorite instances of Manarchism that i ever seen, I was watching this video of some kind of like anti-globalization protest in Miami, and the cops were firing rubber bullets at the crowd. And there was this one, like, super jacked, like, Manarchist with, like, you know, an anarchy thing just standing there with you, getting hit by rubber bullets with his arms out, like, come at me, bro, it doesn't even hurt. It doesn't even hurt. Doesn't even hurt. You, guys are, you guys are pussies. You know, like...
3: I'm, you know...
1: That, that, that's probably the, that's I thought that I thought that was hilarious. hilarious. And I kinda, part of me kind of misses people like that.
4: Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. But anyway... Someone like that at this Anarchist book might have actually made it more interesting, but... I mean, let's just face it. These anarchists probably uh, – actually, no, they did have security. Redneck Revolt was apparently providing security. So no, they were supposed <laughs> to provide security. They were supposed to provide security. Yeah, they were supposed to, but they didn't. They just let the black nationalists take over. Wow. And I'm telling you, like, when, this, when the Communist Party of USA actually organized in Harlem and actually organized in black communities, they had to fight these people, and they had to go up against these people. And, you know – What do you mean by these people, Donald? What are you trying to say? Like reactionary black nationalist. Like there was this guy oh. in Harlem who oh. called himself the uh, Black Hitler because there was um yeah there was like this um big uprising in Harlem and so this really charismatic um black nationalist leader came out of it and at first the CP tried to ally with him but then like he became like a raging anti-Semite and declared war on communism in Harlem because it was pro-Jewish. And so what I'm trying to get at here is that like, there are reactionary people of color and if we're going to organize in their communities we're going to have to fight against them you know like it's yeah. it's just silly how people kind of act like non-whites are just these magical like revolutionary you know beings it's 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 very essentialist
3: the anarchists but, yeah, happen them well, to be right that you know you need black anarchists too and it's not like black anarchists don't even exist because they certainly do but a lot of them probably wouldn't be caught dead at that la footbook book there
4: well yeah exactly because it's just a lot of you know there are people who are actually organized in the iww who just have no interest in the rest of the union's culture because it's just well it's just a bunch of cross punks and shitty folk music <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, and yeah, apparently like Redneck
1: Revolt was supposed to do security, but they got asked not to like the day before, and and it's probably for the best because I don't think Redneck Revolt really needed like the to get be caught getting into like you know street fights with or armed confrontations (laughs) with with the new Black Black Panther.
3: Yeah, wouldn't look good. Not real Rainbow um, Coalition material. uh.
4: But they're not. (laughs) The thing is, uh, they're not like NB New Black Panther Party is not Rainbow Coalition material either. No, no, no.
3: That's. So I, it's look, just like... We could say whatever we want about optics. Redneck Revolt. We could say whatever we want about Redneck Revolt, but they are not the new Black Panther Party by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, no, they're
4: not reactions. Like They're... Progressive.
1: Here's, here's part two of this, uh, of this statement.
0: With this said, we must also address what happened with regards to the presence of Little Black Cart at Laymark Park today. The Collector decided, prior to the book fair not to have Little Black Cart table at the event because of their continued distribution of Atasa. Giving platform to IDS and its supporters does not adhere to our collective principles, and we made our position very clear on this matter. After giving them our decision, members of LBC surprised us by setting up a table and refused to leave when asked. Our collective knew that we had the possibility of LBC attempting to table. When they arrived, we informed them to leave in a nonviolent matter. While this was occurring, we were also trying to alleviate conflict with certain community members. LBC's eco-fascist material on display, needless to say, did not help our efforts with the community members.
4: Yeah. So this is the context of that: is that little black heart anarchist printing press, that's run by this guy Aragorn Bang, weird hippie guy who's been in the scene for a long time. I have met him. And yeah, I bet you have. I know a lot of um, West Coast people. have met him.
3: I was, I was picking up some like end notes for like an art gallery, <laughs> and I yeah I had a conversation with him about Occupy, where he was basically like, "Look, the reason why people are doing this stuff is just to do it. It's not for anything else." And you know <laughs> what? He's right about that. Yeah, I mean,
4: okay. So anyway, Little Black Cart is this printing press that, and they're kind of like primitivist, like you know, post left edgelord Anarchist, like individualist sternerite types and so there's this group called its which is a um a terrorist group that originated in mexico who call themselves eco extremists and their ideology is basically humans are just a a big parasite on the planet and need to be destroyed and so they just like kill random scientists and random people or if like someone gets killed
3: or they take credit for it. It's like everything credit for it. Yeah. So the unclear whole if they actually like, carry it out. Yeah, they yeah. call it
4: wild reaction. It's just like becoming, you know, you know, getting rid of embracing any kind of morality and just going yeah. out and killing they're,
2: people. They're basically school shooters who like trees. Like they literally tried to take credit yeah, that's, that's, for like some one. random chick getting murdered.
0: Ah,
2: it, it, was it was really cringy. Like it was just a college student, not even so, like a scientist or anything. Just a college yeah. student. So,
4: wow. this group, Little Black Cart, they publish Atasa, which is a a journal that publishes the communiques of this group, ITS. And so, there's a lot of um debate about you know Atasa, what they believe in, if they're actually promoting ITS's stuff. And if they are, why would that make them any better than fascists? Because these ITS people are bad, obviously. And, you know, it's like, why why does this these of people, you know, why, why do they are, insist so much on people reading this stuff? And, honestly. Like, there's all yeah. these... <laughs> and honestly, I, I come down on like the side of, like, I just don't care because, like, I think that, like, really transgressive and edgy stuff should be out there for people to see, but I don't think that there has anything to do with liberation or anything. Like
3: Right. But I mean I think these they probably are right. Like knowing who's behind Atasa, like that dude probably gets his rocks off on Stacy killing for Gaia. Yeah. Yeah,
4: that's the problem is that like yeah, there's very much the possibility that these you know, these people do yeah. actually think that this stuff is legit.
3: And then they <laughs> use their scene cred to s- spread, you know, literal like femicide thing <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> uh, uh, you know, as, as part of, you know, general misanthropy. But and using, using of, that space opened up by misanthropy. And, yeah. Well, um, once like, you open up scene... that
4: space of misanthropy, any kind of reactionary ideology can really. Come yeah.
2: In. I mean, was was Elliot Rogers a primate? primo? like th- these are legit questions to ask at this point. Oh, I no. think I'm unleashing his
3: bloom.
4: I think some promos are still, um, not necessarily misanthropes, but yeah, there I mean, is a tend, a trend of anarcho-primitivism and to just go into pure misanthropism. And I think these ITS people kind of, um, resemble that. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if we were running that event, like we would have sent Redneck Revolt over
1: to say to him, Atasa. We're a Tosin Yatta here. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would. I don't nice blame communique. you.
3: I, I understand your feelings about the environment. I get sad about the environment too. But you know right. what's that? You know it's interesting? They were they were firmer with the Tasa than they were with the new Black Panther Party. They didn't write yeah. the communiqué like, "I understand your feelings, but I don't think killing <laughs> women is okay." You know, like yeah. they didn't do well, that. Well, and
1: and it's interesting too because the the um some of the pro atasa people were commenting on their uh Facebook post and they were like, you know, most of the people at IGS are actually uh, Hispanic. Um, why are you marginalizing? Why are you uh, marginalizing people of color? And you know, basically, <laughs> just trying to use like that same logic that they used. Oh my uh, god! In yeah.
2: Okay, wow! I was, I I was mean, just they are a Mexican group. They're they're Mexican. It, yeah, this, you're you're, you're silencing
4: you're silencing anarchist people of color by not uh, acknowledging Atasa. <laughs> yeah. I by not acknowledging
2: ITS. ITS. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
4: And uh God I just I just don't like Atasa and ITS. It's not my thing. You know, I don't even think it's like interesting as far as like edgy like you know, transgressive like edgelord culture
2: goes.
3: Just, you gotta you read know. Uncle Ted think... for that shit. I'd rather like, just Uncle listen Uncle to Uncle Ted black is... metal I would Lord. actually
2: I would actually suggest reading it just to like dissuade people from primo shit because they they basically tear into like people like Z- Zurian and and company for being basically green liberals like they're Russolians who like fetishize native people. Yeah, they actually go and after Zurian and say he's not yeah. hardline enough. He's not hard they are basically green liberals they're like weird Rousseauians who like just fetishize native peoples and when they don't live up to their weird liberal standards they get all pissy about it yeah, like they're just
3: left malthusians
4: well i think yeah in the whole Atossa debate i feel like the other side the anti Atasa anarchists are like not much smarter than the other side i hate to say it like even though I, I think I mean, Atasa is just reactionary garbage, and the, I think primitivism in general is reactionary garbage. Like the 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 people on the other side just kind of come off as like trying to like uh, you call yourself an anarchist that means oh, yeah. no, and and but you're trying to like make these strict rules about what kind of content is allowed to be published and talked about and shared,
3: you know? Yeah, they're really just like hillbots with black flags.
1: Like, well, they they have to see. They have to label it eco-fascism in order to account for it. And IPS
4: is not fascism. It's like right. fascism. It's not a mass movement and fascism. Like, well, right, but party.
3: Like you know, if we're gonna that's, call more them, fa- that's more that's right.
2: more properly fascist. Like, like yeah. I guess
3: you know, IPS like, doesn't
4: write about like
2: how Jews are you know merchants or whatever. I mean, I guess there could. They are definitely reactionary in a sense that they appeal to this sort of tradition, like, sort of, like, native Oh, yeah. Native Mexican I mean, I'm not tradition, saying
4: not tradition. but, like, the reactionary almost, like, traditionalists are they're kind of, like, even further right to Ebola, if you think about it, like they kind of are just too I don't know, fascism is too modernist for them, you know? Yeah, it's
1: exactly like, it's, it it's, it's in,
4: like big industry and, like, you know, stuff like that Yeah, it's the old,
1: like, modern reactionary dichotomy. It's existed like since the Enlightenment, you know, it's like, are you are you for progress? Did you want to go back to some kind of golden age? It's just that for these people, their golden age goes back further than anybody else.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of true that fascism has sort of been whitewashed as being modern. Like even though it was like literally like a phase of what was called modern culture, like it was never thought of it was, it was always thought of, thought of so, a... so continuously with modernity. It was thought about yeah. going back. It was really it was... like that that was the goal. We can use yeah. the beautiful tools of the future, steal them from the Jews, and go back to our native like greatness.
4: Yeah, it's it's like a it's like a path to modernity to reestablish like a traditional society.
2: I mean, yeah.
3: futurism is the only thing that I think that really cuts outside of that. And that was yeah. a big influence on Italian fascism in particular. I
2: mean, even even then it was still extremely patriarchal, especially with the Italian view especially with the italian features
4: what i was going to say was like you know a toss of people what if they're just you know like kind of doing what we do because we talk about a lot of fascist literature and we just read it and discuss it on this show so what if they're just saying like well you know this stuff is out there and might as well discuss it because it's interesting are they though that's the I think, thing they don't say whether they are or not they won't make I'm, it clear what their actual position is which is what makes it stodgy and dodgy because possible. if they were just saying that we're just putting this out there to discuss and to explore this aspect of the human condition
3: that is what they are saying it, and it is possible that it's a group of mixed people like a lot of milieus you know like who knows maybe some of them are like well no one here could be serious right no one here could be down with this, right? We're just sort of ex- shedding light on the. Deep condition. down,
4: someone is like, uh, yes, I do actually.
3: <laughs> I know for, you know, well, I'll. S-
2: mm. Yeah, you got your suburban dad, Primo, just jerking himself raw to it. Yeah, well, he's, he's one never of do, the Is that what you are going to say, Lexi?
3: Yeah, actually I was thinking God. in particular <laughs> that I know you know, I've I heard that guy voted for Trump. <laughs> yeah, the one I'm of like, the uh Abe. If Abe is a
2: Trump voter. <laughs> Are we gonna name the guy or just like well that's not his real name, yeah, so that's we're not, not his really,
4: real name. He goes by that name in a top. So like I don't
2: care. Like living living a Sad, weird double life where you just like jerk yourself raw to primo terrors while being a normie suburban dead. Like that's actually like just a higher version of like a midlife crisis when you think about it. Yeah. No worries. In, in a couple of years,
1: there'll be like a porn cub, a porn hub section for him. Just in that. <laughs> it's just, it's just
2: cocked.
4: But yeah, I feel like. Uh... With um Abe, I actually think he does have some kind of like, you know, weird rage. Yeah, he does have this weird like inner rage. And I think some of the other people involved they might I think they might actually think this stuff is kind of cool, and it's actually the like most anarchy thing you can do. And if that's the case, like god, that's pathetic.
2: Like it just shows <laughs> how nihilism and disapproving I mean, are such utter dead ends. I I think there is some value to it like I said earlier, there's a value into it in the sense that it just, like, destroys primitivism. Like, especially the anarcho part. Like, if you actually want to be a real primo, you have to go like, to this reactionary and actually do it. Just like, take it to its full conclusion.
4: Yeah. Well, it does seem to be primitivism
2: in its, like, rawest, most direct form. Like, you, you can't have this sort of, like, soft, Rousseauian, noble, savage view of, like, actual tribes and peoples. Because... Uh, it's
4: like a state of permanent war, right? They see it as, like, like anarchy for them
2: is like, tribes that are, like, permanently at war with each other. Yeah, yeah. well, the tribes that existed in the United States, they did genocide and things like that to each other. Like, it wasn't, like, this sort of, like... A lot of the left has this romanticized view of like native peoples. No,
1: they they took America. they took Kevin Costner in and they took care of him. Took gave him a new purpose in life after the Civil War. Oh yeah, yeah. They, what are
2: you talking about? It? Yeah,
1: it's, it's, uh,
2: it's, yeah. It's they have this thing. really romanticized view of like native peoples in America, and they weren't like Dancing with Wolves, Avatar, etc. It, it wasn't like that. It they had genuine problems and violence and that sort of thing. And that doesn't justify, and a lot of conservatives try to use that to justify genociding them. Yeah, that John Wayne did nothing that. wrong. Yeah, that he doesn't justify that. that. That doesn't justify, like, basically genociding multiple nations of people.
3: That doesn't justify it at all. <sighs> yeah, it's, it has to be stated. and But you know what it is, is that when you actually engage with, you know, for if you're in your little study, sad little study like me, cultural anthropology, or if you go out into the world and actually like see how other people live, it is, you know, it does kind of let you know which things can be different and which things change in a really, you know, in a way that I think Marx and Engels felt when they were reading about the Iroquois. Um, and that kind of, they thought to themselves, shit. I mean, you could have a, class less society what if you had it with all this dope stuff i mean i think it's like a what what about
2: what about what about
3: indian on indian crime though
2: yeah (laughs) what about indian on indian crime though native on native crime
1: yeah they do they do it to like i i I thought like if like members of a minority group kill each other that means i get to kill them
3: yeah oh i'm glad that we could clear this up for you jake yeah Yeah, yeah. thank
4: you i Um, mean Yeah, we're teaching Jake the codes of the white. It's
3: it's funny because you could literally use
2: the same logic to justify the Holocaust, like yeah, Jews Jews are killing each other. Jews are killing each other. The Jews did some bad things, so you know, Hitler coming in and getting rid of the bad Jews, you know, just the bad Jews. Yeah, it was it was justified. Well, it was Watch. literally,
3: literally. Oh, well, you know, they they sold their own into slavery. So yeah it's, yeah, it's so bad. Yeah,
4: but uh, okay, so anyway, on this book fair, back to kind of the topic. Like, I think my main conclusion is just fuck U.S. anarchism. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, there's nothing good that's going to come out of U.S. Yeah. anarchism. So let's literally. go. To,
1: let's go from uh, eco-terrorism to Islamic terror. Uh, so there was like okay. an ISIS, there was like an ISIS attack in New York, and uh, first of all, like I feel like I would have known that everybody I know in New York is safe because it was like one sidewalk, and I. But thank God Facebook was there to let me know that everybody was safe. Um. Secondly, I mean, I kind of I'm I'm wondering where the false flag talk is on this because I have some questions.
3: Okay. Oh Jay. no. Whoa. What?
1: Okay. First of all. This, this dude drives onto the sidewalk, right? Well, he rents he rents a uh, home. First of all, he rents a Home Depot thing, a Home Depot truck, right? And so why is it like Home Depot is like involved in like every like shitty like automobile, like fascist thing in America right now, right? That's where they got all those tiki torches. That's where he gets his truck. You know, these guys are going to Lowe's and I want to figure out why. Okay, that's number one. Uh, number two. So he drives onto the sidewalk, runs into, a, like, a special kid's, like, school bus, and then oh, gets out and starts shooting a pellet gun and a paintball ball gun at people while screaming, oh, Akbar, that he planned this out for a year. Does this sound like something that was planned out for a year?
2: Well, what if it was just a prank gone wrong? What if it was actually just, like, a prank gone wrong? Like <laughs> this is the, ah. This
1: is the United States of America... He had a green card. I looked this up. If you have a green card, you can buy a gun. Like, why didn't he have like actual? Why was he but it's shooting? It's New York. It's New York. What um, do you mean it's New York? You could, you could. He he lived all around the country. Like he could have, he could have picked it. He lived in Florida at one point. Like you can get guns. Like, why was he running around with a paintball gun and a pellet gun, screaming Alu Akbar? Well, like I, he, like I, a fucking Team America extra. Like what the what 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 uh, the
2: hell is going on here? A paintball well, gun. Yeah, a paintball gun and a pellet gun. Jake, Jake, have you have you like have you like taken the red pill enough to consider that maybe maybe the sidewalk was a hologram. Have you ever considered that? This is fucked.
1: No, no, I'm serious though. Like, what was he doing? Like, why I mean this guy, and they're trying to basically say he's a terrorist, but I actually think I actually think this dude is mentally ill. Because mm-hmm.
2: Or, or what's the difference, really?
1: Or, or he's like, because terrorism, you know, to Islamic Fundamentalism is an ideology. Like, so this guy's either a terrorist, or, now, this guy's either mentally ill, or he's like the biggest moron on the planet. I mean,
2: you don't really have to have ISIS connections to claim to be a part of ISIS. You know, it it's kind of like Occupy or Black Lives. Oh, <laughs> oh my God! I, I realize how bad. I <laughs> all,
3: all you're saying is no, the, is the that all that you're that saying thought. is the hashtag dynamic. You're not saying the, I, the, hashtag, the hashtag dynamic. Okay. okay?
2: Uh, yeah, the hashtag dynamic. Uh, um, yeah, the hashtag dynamic of it. It, it allows basically anyone to be a part of ISIS or whatever. So. You you could just be like some weirdo who's not really right in the head. Like I, I don't think we should call them mentally ill, because you know m- m- mentally ill people aren't actually really that big of a threat to society. In general, they tend to be more often the victims of violence than. Hey, someday Marxists will be violence. a threat
1: to society. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean here's the thing too: was that this guy's plan?
0: Oh God! Because I know I if mean, I'm
1: going to spend a year, if I'm, I, I could probably think of a better plan than what this guy did. Like right now,
2: I mean, you What if he's from Slashpole? What if he's just a guy from Slashpole, and this be. was just like a four chan stunt? You know, like some mm-hmm. dipshit on four chan was like, "Hey, let me let me impersonate the, uh, a Muslim." You fucking send, <laughs> you know?
3: Wait, you know. wait. So are are you are you saying that this guy like? came in from uzbekistan and like did this on a slash poll stunt like i mean
2: it's immigrated an internet to the United- yeah, yeah 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 you know it could be popular i mean there there's there could be a lot of there 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 could be a lot of overlap between like 4chan people and like islamic terrorism like when you think about it isis is just like the the equivalent of Slashpole. If if anyone on Slash Slashpole actually had any kind of balls whatsoever, they would basically just be ISIS. Like, <laughs> uh, like ISIS. They're just like a marat, marauding rape gang with a state that like hoards gold and shit like that. That's that's ISIS. Yeah, I mean
3: that is kind uh, of Paul's. Yeah, Chad. To to uh, their out their uh, <laughs> virgin, you know, like a th- their
2: nihilistic fucking rape murder cult. What if and... what if
1: terrorists like die and they get to heaven and they're seventy? They're from Paul. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so let's talk about Osama's media stash. Um, All right. So apparently, like the uh... wait,
4: wait, wait. We didn't establish whether this was a false flag or not. It's uh, not a false flag. We,
3: it's not a false flag. But Jake has I'm a just, point that this I'm is a weird joking. attack. This is, a, I mean, it's it's weird to not use real guns when you're killing real people. Yeah, and That's to like weird. run around That's like some weird Alu
1: Akbar. Like I would get out and be like, "Oh shit, man, I'm so you know." I pretend to be pretend to be drunk. You know, anything that might potentially like you know, get you out of this situation. Give you some kind of excuse, or you know, maybe,
2: or be like, somebody cut the brakes. I'd say something, you know, maybe, uh, maybe he just had a sense of humor, yeah,
3: like like he did it by accident and was like, well, I mean,
2: yeah. why the hell not? <laughs> no, Might as well no, commit like to the he, bit. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> like a really morbid sense of humor, but a sense of humor nonetheless. Like he planned it out, but he was like, you know what wouldn't it be funny if all these people were just afraid of me and I had nothing but a paintball gun and a, and a BB gun on me. Yeah.
1: He, he was periscoping. It went straight to his fucking, went straight up to his periscope. I mean, um, I feel,
3: I feel like it's, it's worth saying that a bunch of, you know, some like some people died and there was like a uh, children in the school bus that were injured and all this shit. And if any, cause I'm we probably have some listeners in New York. And, you know, I know, you know, some of my friends regularly go to oh, get yeah. beer, like in the bar near that, uh, that station. I actually used to live pretty close to that, too. Oh, are you okay? Are you all right? Uh, yeah. Are you safe? Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah. I, hold on. Thumb, okay. I've, I'm safe. I'm safe. Okay, great. I, I did it on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I went Please. to New York once in 2013. I'm safe. I'm safe, everybody. It's all right. <laughs> Um, So we're going to cut that whole section, uh, because that's just like pure ignorance.
2: Uh, Yeah, that was probably, I think we're just like, like, just getting like the worst problematic things out this episode. Yeah, this is (laughs) is the purge. Like it started off with me doing like Pizzagate apologism.
1: (laughs) You know what? (laughs) You know, while we're here, let me just say it. When I'm in the car and I'm rapping along to
2: the song, I say the end. I say it. <laughs> I say it. Like if if we can get no. Trump to say the N word, it would be like no. a post racial. That's, that's the only time. That's the only
1: time I say it. I don't have people in the car with me, and uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with that.
2: Yeah, yeah. That oh was literally God. something. God is always listening, that. Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, God. God. God's gonna call you out, Jake.
3: Lennon yeah, is wiretapping us from Moscow.
2: All right. So anyway,
4: um what are we're we gonna talk about next? Uh oh the uh the CIA released um
1: all of those files that were on Osama's hard drive. Um, oh, yeah if you if you think about it, like this is like the real punishment for what he did. Because uh, he never got a trial error and you know he's basically executed on site. But you know, I think everyone's nightmare is that their hard drive will be people find out what's on it after they die suddenly. Yeah. Um and you know, now he's basically living the nightmare. So uh, let's go through some of the titles um, that Wouldn't were on there. Wouldn't say he's living it. Um, first of all, he was a gamer, um, and he had a Steam account, and he was playing um, Counter Strike in multiplayer <laughs> mode online.
3: Wait, 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 wait. Do we know that he like it like did the profile say like you know Osama one two three or something like? Because were there have, women and it, children that cohabitated have, it, it, with like, him? It might have been his son. It might have been his son.
1: But
2: um, but it's possible. that I, I, I like the idea of him getting screamed at by Russian kids on Counter-Strike. Like, that, that just fills
3: my heart with joy. You know, that he would try to join the terrorist team and it would fill up with, like, edgy kids. And so he would have to play as counter-terrorists. And he'd be like, ah. Oh. be like when I used to play Battlefield and I'd be the Nazis and not the Soviets.
1: He had Final Fantasy VII, uh, Super oh. Mario Brothers,
3: um, Half-Life. But- I bet he misses Eris.
1: <laughs> he um he was into anime apparently, or at least
2: kids were. Oh um, yeah, yeah. He had Bible Black on his hard drive. Oh, ah. dude, he Shit, I didn't hear about that one. <laughs> yeah, he had. For those of you who are not in the know about the young hard animu Bible Black is a particularly infamous hentai hentai that's like. It, it's just like known for its horrific dub like english dub that is just like <laughs> awe inspiringly awful and and it's just it it's like it's it's um Fuda not approved for islam not not approved for the kind of islam that he was into the massive chicks with massive dicks like exactly, that massive.
1: that's actually um futanati and that is actually Japanese for um two
2: persons. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and it's just it's, they. It's it's beautiful. It's artistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is a. He was a this hentai hound. He was a hentai. A little bit like your Twitter activity, yeah. isn't <laughs> it? Yeah, it's. It, it, I am an expert on this. So.
1: He, I guess, he was also he was into like more P G stuff though. Um, he was into Naruto, Bleach. Uh, I guess. Uh, Devil May Cry. I don't think Final Fantasy Advent Children is actually technically an anime. I think it's like a CG, one of those CG ones, but yeah. I don't think that counts.
2: I mean, anime is just, it means animation. That's literally how they view it in Japan. It's just animation.
1: But I mean, by that same metric, you could say like Disney is anime. It's clearly not. Yeah,
2: technically in Japan, they would they would consider it anime because it's anime. Okay, I'm
1: not ready to, I'm not prepared to have this debate right now. I don't know. <laughs> <understand my names. laughs>
2: Uh, this is
4: gonna get into this debate, multiple rounds. <laughs>
3: um, That's interesting. i n- never heard that before. Although, it makes sense. It, it it only comes from like
2: arguing with like weeb's online about like just basic terminology. Movie. So apparently, he also
1: had like stuff on himself. Like he had watched like the biography special on himself. Ah. And he watched. He watched. He watched like that shitty uh, Morgan Spurlock movie. Where in the world is Osama? Um, I guess "shitty mortgage" for movies of a redundant yeah, phrase, but uh, where in the world is Osama Bin Laden? He watched uh, Chicken Little and Cars. Um,
3: ants. I guess wow. he, he watched. He, even though ants is like ants. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, a- ants has a, a, a line in the movie where one of the workers, as they're overthrowing like the big like termites and shit, or like the workers control the means of production. Wow. That's in the script. <laughs> Like I remember watching <laughs> a Bug's Life and Ants back to back, and I liked a Bugs Life more as a kid, but that's because and I kind of saw some ants recently. Ants was hardcore and was like a like a I, communist revolution. I was I was always yeah. on
1: team ants. I saw ants first and then I saw a bug, bug I saw bugs a bug's life, life. bullshit. I saw a bug bugs, bugs life. Yeah, it's,
2: it's basically an anti war film too. Huh. Ants. Why'd I have to be born a work?
3: There's just got to be a better place. There is. I've been there. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, were you talking to me?
0: There is a better place. Insectopia. You can't understand
2: until you go there and see it for yourself. You can be your own ant there. The streets are paved with food. Nobody telling you what to do. No wars, no colony. I shouldn't have a lot, yeah yeah they have like a scene where they just get decimated and it's just the ant the ant protagonist just walking through like it, just dead bodies everywhere it's really
1: surreal and it's has, it has it has scenes where Woody Allen and Sylvester Stallone are acting together in a scene yeah wow Think I can
3: see I can see why I didn't like this as a kid. But I have to watch it in full now, yeah, not just it, YouTube clips. I so. think. I mean,
1: honestly, if we do commentary track episodes, that's number one. Yeah, all we'll right, but Woody
2: Allen hey. though, Woody Allen though.
3: Well, we could. Was
1: discuss-
2: it a guy doing an impression of Woody Allen?
3: That Woody Allen well, got paid. Woody for. Allen is always doing
1: an impression of Woody Allen, but
3: yeah. Well, hey, all, all I'm saying, listeners, if you want you want us to do commentary tracks that would be a good patreon thing that's all i'm saying
2: yeah so set up a patreon for us and then give us money (laughs) yeah Yeah. please give us money we're literally all poor literally all of us are poor here
4: yeah Um, i ain't getting paid for this
1: shit
2: yeah i mean
1: yeah i mean you know we need we really rely on your to sit here and argue about anime and ants and uh, (laughs) eco-fascists like that's (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> That's premium content that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah. Usually it's about right. Lennon and Dugan. And a, portion, a, portion,
1: yeah. a portion of the proceeds will go to Jerry's kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not
3: a very big yeah. portion, but. And like by, and by Jerry's kids, we mean the Communist League Tampa.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're going to do fu- fan dubs of all your favorite hentais. All of them. All five of them. Oh my God.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: okay. So uh, what else was there? I think? Let me see. I guess he was in Tom and Jerry crochet videos. Um, it's apparently you could download the entire thing, but uh, it's been crashing the server because like everyone wants to see what's on his hard drive. Osama. Anyway, so close that segment out. Uh, rest in peace. Osama bin Laden. Um, most of those people. in those <laughs> oh, Wait, wait, were... wait, wait, wait. Before, before Soviet we
4: Afghanistan was best Afghanistan. Whoa. Wait, oh no, yeah.
1: Oh no. yeah. no, yeah. We Fuck have... you, dude. Fuck you, dude for that shit. Not for the towers thing. That's wait, uh, we
2: gotta like discuss him the truther though. Oh yeah, that's truth. right. Wait, yeah, wait, what, what do
3: you what do you mean? Can you substantiate he was a truther? Os- Osama basically he knew, the, the, basically, truth.
2: He,
1: he knew the truth. That's how he was a truther. No, no, he, basically <laughs> he knew the truth did not and he the truth. that
2: Al Qaeda Al Qaeda pulled nine eleven. Al Qaeda was the truth, basically
1: and he s- spoke the truth and he would have spoke the truth in front of the entire UN if they hadn't killed him.
2: And that's why they took him away from us.
3: Wait, Him
1: what? Him and, and Jimi
2: Hendrix. <laughs> like, God. basically, Al Qaeda was so disorganized that he didn't believe that that Al- that they were able to pull off nine eleven. That's what so, I've heard. That so, was a rumor. Rude...
3: Wait, wait, wait. Who did?
4: I don't know. That could be just some truth. like
2: saying shit. <laughs>
4: that sounds.
3: You know what that sounds like is expounding on the fact that he had loose change on his hard drive.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had loose change on his hard drive. Yeah, he was like, he was sitting
0: there
1: watching it with like a bowl of popcorn. Maybe they're onto something here. I mean, that looks <laughs> fake. Yeah.
3: I mean, maybe it was just like you know the kids there being like this guy. This guy that's staying with us isn't all that, you know.
1: Yeah, you're full of shit, Dad. You said you accomplished things. You just sit here playing video games for the last ten years. Shut
3: up! You think I can't accomplish anything? Watch me. Yeah. No
1: scope, this noob. Yeah. We're,
3: we're supposed to be overthrowing U.S. imperialism. I advance. am the terrorist. <laughs> just won. Even Osama got bojarded. The simulation's better. The simulation's better, kids.
1: Oh man. <laughs> so like I tried to say, you know, rest in peace, Osama. uh most of those people in those towers are bourgeois anyway, but Oh my fuck, god. Fuck yeah. you. Uh, no, no, that. On I that. hope I hope I hope when you got to uh, heaven it was all Futanaris there waiting for you. Hey, uh,
2: you, you leave us alone. Yeah, he he would have liked that actually. I know that's what I'm saying. Like he, said, on he, his heart dry. he was
1: able, to, he's able to be himself there, which I don't think he was ever was anywhere yeah. else. In, you know? in heaven, good taste, and that's in that's hentai. the real that's the real tragedy of 9/11. If you think about it,
3: is that Osama bin Laden didn't win the war against U.S. imperialism and establish global trans liberation? No, yeah, yeah. well, no, more just
1: that you know, he, he, you know, he was fighting for a cause that you know, counter to who he was deep down, and uh, that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> You know, I, I feel like there's an astonishing lack of empathy for this man in this in this chat right now. And well, I mean, yeah. wait, hold on a
3: second. <laughs> what if chat he... so supports Osama Bin Laden. <laughs> uh, what if what if what if he was kind of into like futanari hentai? What if he like actually was on? He was like gamering on the way to being like trans inclusive. Like, do you think maybe that's why the government took him out?
2: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. This Osama bin Laden was trans. Uh, <laughs> Stalin, Stalin yeah. was a black woman, and um, Brown is George and Earth. I mean, it's just,
3: it's just wow. true. All right, girl, dicks out for Osama bin Laden. Rep in
1: peace. Um, so I guess Chris Hayes is a
2: Marxist now. Really? <laughs> like Apparently,
4: um,
2: yeah.
0: Well,
4: I, I he, haven't um, heard
2: anything he about says this stuff on Twitter. Yeah, he, he said the most vulgar analysis, most vulgar st- Marxist analysis of class would explain better, would explain better than any of the analysis that was given for the twenty sixteen election. He said this on Holy Twitter, shit. and he's yeah. he's and talked he also about said, reading uh, Lenin. He's talked he's... about reading Lenin on Twitter.
4: Well, yeah, he, he said that Kotsky was correct against the Lenin in debate over October, though. So he's like a Menshevik. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But he's still That's fucking... Something. He's,
3: well, he's, this he's kind of makes wonk. sense. This makes sense, though, because he wrote a book a while ago called Twilight of the Elites, where he was talking about the political class. And he wrote a book recently that was sort of like a reboot of the internal colony thesis about the black community in the US. Huh. So That's this kind of makes sense.
1: I don't know. I'm scared because I don't like I don't like MSNBC fucking with Marxism. Yeah. No good can come of this. No good. I don't good want, I don't want of... their dirty
2: hands on our holy, no. on our holy. I'm Marxism.
3: looking at the man in the mirror. <laughs>
2: I I actually remember talking, like just seeing Jehu rant about like how the elites are using Marxism to like try and understand society. Like they they know they know Marxism is correct. They know uh, Marx is correct, but uh, they, they just don't want to admit it.
4: Some of them actually do admit it. Yeah. But I think with Chris Hayes, he's really just like the, as left wing as MSNBC gets, possibly. And apparently that's gotten to the point. I guess, you know, the, the Overton window, as you know, as problematic as that term can be, it kind of has moved to the left so much But now you can have a Kotskyist on MSNBC, which, you know, I'm not I mean, going to complain about it.
1: Oh, I am. It, I am. This it, fuck. This is not. I'm telling you, no good can come of this. All right. no, MSNC no. no. It's shit. It's always been shit. It will always be shit. Oh yeah, it's going to be shit. But, but we can we can but,
4: explain to the masses why it's shit and they're going to listen to us gonna, instead. But Rachel mis- mad. I'm you.
2: Rachel Maddow is mad and really and the Clint- uh, Ooh, well, delicious. Not, not. I. It would be nice. I'm. I'm just sort of joking, but the. the you know, probably Peter Dower or someone like that is mad about this. They're they're mad. I mean, any any kind of talk of class just just like sends like Clint Knights into a rage. Yeah. So so th- this is this is like, yeah, this is the kind of victory that we get in 21st century politics. You know, just yeah. just just getting your opponents angry about about minor things that that that's that's. That's our revolution, folks. Okay. I need- I,
3: I, I'm, of two, I'm of two minds about this, Jake, because I know, I know where you're coming from. Because uh, Paul Maddox Sr., yes, his last please. book was called Marxism Last Refuge of the Bourgeoisie, <laughs> where yes. he looks at the Soviet Union and he looks at, I, I believe, he also looks at, like, you know, Marxism in the United States and how Marxism functions and, like, liberal capitalism as a sort of managerial ideology. And that there's maybe not that much of a contradiction here. And it's nothing that social Democrats in Europe don't already know. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I, think, I think Chris just,
4: Hayes is just to, kind to of to, pushing MSNBC to become like European social democ- d- 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 democracy, basically. And, yeah. And
3: so, when you see a wonk liberal like Chris Hayes start flirting with Kautskyism, it really... It sh- it there's two two things going on. One, it fills us with disgust because I think we were wait, we, we were, we're Marxists we
1: before it was cool.
3: Look, we're cool hipsters about it, but we're still like Marxist wonks in a way. Like we're kind of weirdo specialists, and that should make us a little uncomfortable. And they're cutting into our turf. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. People uh,
2: with <laughs> actual degrees in like that right. sort of thing. I
1: have a, the, hey, I, I have a degree. It has nothing to do with anything. I, I, I talk community about I
3: college, totally. Counts, <laughs> I swear. I have a philosophy degree. It's totally relevant, guys. It is. It uh, actually—that's bad. Yeah, it's more relevant than mine. I my program was like analytical. Like I, I, Marxism, I analytical. Marxism. Well, I I actually made a grad course syllabus thing for analytical Marxism because I couldn't deal with the politics and ethics there. <laughs> that's that's what happened to me. <laughs>
4: But um hey, look yeah, you you're a podcast now I mean you're doing great these are these are it's, hot it's, right now
3: It's true it's true I'm batting 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 a hundred uh it didn't take statistics anyway um but the, the second thing I wanted to say is that we need representation in the spectacle the spectacle is all that matters the spectacle consumes everything else and um I want a marxist kautskyist yelling at my uncle just like fox news is
1: Yeah but I want somebody more like Sean Hannity like I don't want like this little turd
4: like, well, uh, yeah, we're going to have yeah. to start
3: with the wonks and yeah. Then, yeah, it's, it's going to be people like, like blowhard. Hate I hate to say it it's not
4: going to be no, 90 no, no. 90
3: types. There, there's room for a blowhard like a Marxist blowhard on television there is there is, like, and, and what, and what we follow? need
4: is Jesse Ventura to become a Marxist yeah I was just going to say that <laughs> <laughs> you took the words right out of my mouth
3: or we, yes. can, get, we can get Fran Drescher to read endnotes because she's already yeah. half woke there, there's
0: a specter haunting Europe the specter of Marxism.
4: Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that would make Jake's life. Like, yeah. I think he could die happy if yeah.
3: that happened. Well, we should try to get him on. I mean, he might be able to do it. I mean, he might
1: be, he might, be he might be off the grid right now. So I don't know. Um,
4: yeah, I know that uh, he, he broke with Alex Jones because Alex Jones is supporting Trump and Ventura doesn't like Trump. Yeah. Rightfully so, of well, course. Well, and Jones has stopped being interesting at all and just become like, it's just a shill for the government yeah, when he at least like used
3: to,
4: used to be able to go on Alex Jones and hear like Lyndon Rourouge talk about the impending nuclear war. But now it's just like social justice warriors are protesting for trans bathrooms and yeah. boring. And, uh, and Trump wow. is a g- really great. We need to su- support our president. Occasionally still,
2: occasionally he still goes with the false flag thing. But it's like, who's doing the false flag now? Is is it the New World Order? or a deep
0: state.
4: No, it's a deep state.
2: They're, you know, they're, they're out to get, they want Obama, to get Trump. Obama
1: is in a bunker two miles from the White House. He's got 60 staff there ready to take command. Like, yeah.
2: The of super soldiers are, are just waiting on yeah, I mean, when he went, command. When he went
1: from having people like Lyndon LaRouche and Jesse Ventura on to having people like Roger Stone and michael savage i mean that's
4: just yeah it's done uh, paul joseph watson
2: Ugh. On, a, on a side note we we should do an episode about larouche
4: okay um so, so uh anything more on chris hayes being a marxist i mean i think it's just you know it's just sign of the times you know look you know, the, wait, left, we, the left is more visible now but it's you know it's fucking Kotskyism, you. You know, the he, last, yeah, Chris Hayes is defending the Bolsheviks. He's not def- calling for revolution. It's
2: it's the Jacobin and Chapo and just the least. Yeah, the least. I mean, offensive people. What
4: pisses me off is that people call like me a Kotskyite when like it's just you know people call us Kotskyists when it's just it's not true. We don't like side with Kotsky. Donald, 19, you just.
2: You just gotta embrace the meme at this point. Like we I've do actually it. take a bit from Kotsky. Well We do, but we though. take a bit from a lot of people. And yeah. you know
3: I could understand Actual why you
2: Kotskyism want... is something
4: I don't want to be associated with because it's associated with like actual like shitty social democracy. I yes, mean
3: I think Len- Leninism has a problem too. I don't know if you know what it is, but it also has an associational problem. I'll let you guess mustache.
4: Yeah, yeah. but there's also Trotsky, there's other associations there.
3: For ninety-nine percent of people, I Leninism. Think maybe is
2: like maybe this is off a chant. this is more like an off like sort of off the cuff statement. But I think maybe his theory of of ultra imperialism or over imperialism or whatever it's called might be more accurate description of imperialism today than Lenin's because Kotsky describes like imperialism a state of an imperialism where the imperial powers are basically more or less united in like a weird sort of cartel situation that's more of imperialism today than than, like, Lenin's description as the highest state of capitalism. Uh, that's a whole is... other episode. But, yeah, uh, he was a
3: big apologist for colonialism, though. And so, that Lenin— uh, that was Bernstein. Morris... That was Bernstein. Oh, oh, is that right? Pardon me. Wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah, people often get Bernstein and Kotsky's arguments Am... confused.
3: Although, I do recall um, Mike McNair editing a book of kotsky on colonialism. Oh, yeah, I own it. Introduction. I've read it all, okay. yeah. It's, so what what does he have to say about colonialism?
4: Um Kotsky, he just criticized he's actually for a variety of self-determination. Like that's actually where it comes from, is Kotsky. Alright.
3: Okay, um, I, thought, I thought that came from Lenin too. So many things from Lenin come from Kotsky. Yeah, different.
2: yeah, Kotsky is a big influence on Lenin. Who knew? It, it's one of the <laughs> few no, things don't that, say that you revisionist scholar. How dare you? Yeah, it it's it's one of the few things that like ultra-leftists and like People like McNear get right, and Lin like they, they. It's like it's like the leftist equivalent of horseshoe theory, I guess. <laughs> you know, no. They're touching tips with Dave.
4: Still have the CCP conference to talk about? Yeah. So spe- I
1: was gonna I was gonna say like speaking of capitalist elites who understand that Marxism is right, uh, the Chinese Communist Party recently had its 19th <laughs> National Congress.
3: The only thing I'll say is that when paul cockshot and other like academy marxists met with like uh vietnamese and chinese like economists none of them fucking believe in marxism they're all like what you think you can do socialist calculation you just haven't lived in socialism like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they use uh
4: marginal utility for planning um prices i think yeah
3: M- matic is on to
4: something yeah, yeah. matic is definitely on the the bourgeoisie had to learn from Marxism because it had to integrate the labor movement and prevent a revolution. Yeah. You know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but they're uh, they're talking about recently doing like planning, doing price planning and that sort of thing with computer. In China. So in a way, in a way, Paul Cockshot is getting. Kind of what he wanted. They're not doing it based on labor vouchers, but you know, they're using computers to plan the economy and predict the market shit. They now, do that now though.
1: I mean I don't well, know. Well,
2: from what I heard the conference, a lot of it actually was
4: Chinese nationalist and imperialist rhetoric. Right. In a lot of ways. There was a lot yeah. of talking about how China's gonna like go into you know, by twenty twenty five we're going to be like a great power on the level of the US. Well, so basically, um, like Xi Jinping has basically become enshrined in like
1: the party constitution, and he's the only like living head head of the of the government since Mao, who's actually that's happened for. Like Deng Xiaoping's thought wasn't like put into like the party constitution until after he died, and so now like the guiding ideology is called, <clears throat> um, it's socialism with Chinese characteristics for a new era. Like the for a new era, I guess, is Xi, uh, Xi Jinping's part. And yeah, it's basically just it's it's Dengism, but with like a more aggressive foreign policy, essentially.
4: Yeah, Uh, that's what I understand is they want to um, basically get more hegemonic imperially and start, you know, opening up African markets. And so that was a big theme of the conference from what I could tell was, you know, this kind of view of Chinese nationalism and imperialism. And, well, and they
1: they do it. They do intend to like spend developing infrastructure in the third world, um, pretty much at no cost to the other countries. But I'm sure this is going to be a, like accompanied by you know a much more, I guess you could say, muscular foreign policy, um, because uh, you know the whole like, Xi uh, Xiaoping's whole thing was possible because Mao brokered a deal with the United States that allowed them to kind of triangulate and take yeah. a, kind of a backseat in global affairs. And now basically what. Uh, Xi Jinping is saying is that okay now is the time for us to step up and basically take over the hege- hegemonic role that bl- once belonged to the United States.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're they're seeing that the empire is slowly dying, so they're like, oh, you know, Yo, it's well, yeah, to, it's time to slip in in our region, you know. Well, and yeah, expand.
4: I think anyone can tell just by looking at the situation of U.S. foreign policy, or the U.S. empire is in a state of decline. That it's becoming increasingly irrational in its policy. It's becoming more and more erratic. That our economy is not growing at a rate to where we can sustain this level of military intervention around the world. And so I think that, um, yeah, the Chinese are headed to be the next big world power, possibly.
2: I mean, to be fair, they've been saying that in the 50s. That's what MacArthur thought. That's what MacArthur thought that they were going to take over. That's why he, uh he wanted to go into Ch- he wanted to just go through North Korea and go into China and drop drop atomic bombs on them. Yeah. Drop, start World War 3 because he, he 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 thought China was going to be a legit superpower. But it is I mean, now. In a way, it, it is, a, yeah. Like, it has the productive capacity for
1: it now. It that's there.
4: why That's why Mao is, you know, he has an edge of being a romantic bourgeois revolutionary, as Bordiga would say, because, you know, he did lead a nationalist revolution to unite China from something being plundered by warlords and colonialists to a powerful nation state that was developing, you know. And obviously his attempts to create communism were utter failures. But in Chinese national, you know... In the Chinese national myth, Mao is, like, a George Washington-like figure.
2: Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. even if they consider the Cultural Revolution to be a mistake. and Yeah,
4: they'll, they'll condemn, like, the Great Leap Forward and Cultural Revolution, but they'll still, like, basically act like Mao was, you know, the greatest leader to have ever lived.
3: Well, for, for sure be remembered more fondly than Stalin. Yeah. Which was, you know, like... Which is kind of stupid, because he wasn't much better. <laughs> no, but, yeah. like, yeah. It's, it's an I don't know. It's an interesting legacy. Like, it's you know fucked up from a communist perspective because this class collaborationist who in, industrialized and created a like I don't know for like some anti-imperialist purposes. Like you know some like there's, there's some kind of appealing things about you know what Mao is trying to do, and then to have it turn into this huge literally capitalist behemoth that's now going to plunder africa it's such a thorough transformation from you know like something into its opposite
4: but it does prove a point which is that the third world can industrialize and that it, it is possible for a country to triangulate itself in the world market in a way to where it can become an industrial superpower
1: but it needs it needs something to triangulate itself with though That's Thing. Yeah, that's like right. China. China had a unique like historical opportunity because of the Cold War, yeah. essentially.
4: Well, that's what, what I'm saying. Is there's no like theological wave as this development happens. It's not like you can just like open markets and it happens. Like it's based off of like specific historical contingencies. And China was able to find the contingency where it could basically go from you know, you know, a, a country that was just completely backwards to you know what it is today, which is very impressive from a technological standpoint yeah i tr- think you can Tremend- there's tremendous think, human I mean, cost involved yeah, yeah but i think like you can you can yeah, respect- but- hold on i'm saying like you can respect the <laughs> capitalist innovations of technology And just you know, and just you know, you don't have to support capitalism to at least respect like a lot of the innovations and technological wonders that are created. Like Like, it's
3: amazing that Stalin went to space. Okay, that's true. It's amazing that what it is amazing. Stalin didn't go to space. Well, I mean, Stalin himself. One of the the great,
2: one of the great ironies of history, twentieth century history, is basically that communists made it possible. For capitalism to exist in like third world nations, like yeah, like Vietnam, pretty much China, by liberating them from imperialism, mm-hmm. that's that's it, yeah. kind of stings Where, in a way. Yeah, Where, where's sin. our thank it's, you? Where's the, no one says thank you either? No one's no one says thank you, like you know,
4: yeah. I mean, we touched on this in the tick 10 episode how kind of the, the Russian Revolution in the end kind of had more to do with decolonization than communism
3: and building capitalism. Yeah. Oh um,
4: yeah. Building
3: capital. Oh, did I literally say the same thing that I did in the Tickton episode? Well, yeah, it's not uh, exactly. It's, it's important to reiterate though, because it's uh, the cunning of history. <laughs> it's, it's the best, yeah. one of the best examples of, of, uh, it's one of the best examples and something that us you know, communists should be thinking about how much is the, uh, I don't know, how much is this up to us as a kind of, you know, intellectual project we're going to do. Or if we're thinking of, you know, contributing as media and thinker people, you know, what what are we trying to accomplish? Like, I don't know. It seems like useful data.
4: Well, I mean, yeah, I think the whole history of the decolonial revolutions should be studied more in depth and more, you know, nuanced in a lot of ways. I feel like the left kind of has this, you know, you're either like kind of a, class reductionist economist left com and think that oh it doesn't matter you know if the national bourgeoisie takes over against the colonial bourgeoisie it's the same thing versus you know the kind of like yeah is you know the greatest thing ever and has no downsides and it's just you know the glorious people's revolution and a more nuanced perspective you know in in between the two is needed well
1: there's always the question of like what you know what is an sort of on-balance analysis of what occurred historically versus what is it appropriate for a communist organization to do, right? Yeah, so often, exactly. the, often, these de- often these debates are held within a context of, you know, should we, what should we endorse and what should we not endorse?
3: Yeah. And so, yeah,
1: obviously, you're going to be pretty staunchly anti-NATLIB as a communist organization taking positions politically. Um, but sort of looking at, like, maybe the long arc of history, you can sort of say that there were, you know, uh, obviously, you know, progressive or positive byproducts of national
4: liberation phenomenon as a whole
3: yeah yeah yeah, i mean i I just
4: i don't see how you couldn't say that because it's just you know if you look at the situation the colonies were in it was pretty horrid
2: yeah so even even if
4: national liberation didn't build communism it did at least give these countries a chance to kind of develop and you know not simply just be you know
3: it's not an unmitigated success story i mean they are in a Different mode of management, and it is pretty still pretty shitty for most of the population,
4: yeah. But yeah. I mean, that's like critiquing the French Revolution for not abolishing poverty, if you think about it,
3: yeah. yeah. I
2: mean, <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, that's
4: always been my critique, though, of like you know, a lot of, of left concrete of national liberation is that they say, well, it's not a working class revolution to abolish capital, but it's like it's not supposed to be. It's a bourgeois revolution. That's not the type of revolution. The, the,
3: the thing about the <laughs> Leninism in the third world is that, no, it was supposed to be. That's what the flags were for. That's what all the heads were for. That's I what mean, all that stuff was about. Yeah, It was all, just, and it was you, all rhetoric. And you, have,
2: and you have, like, people who basically still view national liberation as a means of, like, revolutionary struggle at this time. Like you have ML ML and Stalinists oh. still talking about like balkan basically balkanizing the United States. Oh, they're fucking right.
4: crazy. Like that shit obviously <laughs> needs to be condemned and very harshly. That's
2: what's left. That's basically what's left of the left. Horrifically enough.
1: I'm gonna say this and then we'll close it out. There was a part of me. You know, when I first heard, when I started looking at newspaper as articles about the conference, like 5%, 5% <laughs> that was like, man, what if they just flipped it? What if they yeah. just said, all right, this, this, this flag, all this shit, this means some shit. And now you're going to find out what it means, bitch. And then just rounded up all the capitalists, rounded up everybody, you know, took them to center square, shoot them in head. And then it's fucking on, baby. Call <laughs> for revolution 2.0, 2.0. This time, this time it's personal. And so, and oh then, God. and then it's like that just instigates like the world proletarian revolution.
2: So the wet wow. dream of every weird dangus or like Paul cockshot shot of the world, basically.
1: Yeah, it's like five percent, five percent. Of course, I start flipping through the article. It's like, oh, it's it's basically what they're doing now. But what's interesting is that they don't actually completely abandon like the communist rhetoric. Like they're they're basically strengthening like Xi Jinping is basically strengthening the party's like political hegemony over the economy.
2: Oh, yeah. It's kind it's kinda of like America with liberalism, you know? Every well, every a... all the politics of America is colored by this sort of Lockean liberalism. No matter where it's coming from, no matter how yeah. reactionary and opposed to it it may be. Like literally American fascists. American fascists literally talk in the language of like freedom of speech. Yeah. They, they, they appeal to it. Same with even the left. You, you know, yeah. you got anarchists who also do that. It, it's weird. Well, it's a strange fig. It's like a strange
1: fig leaf to continue to wear even at this point, where there's like this lip service paid to socialism, and the, you know they're still nominally named the Communist Party.
4: Well, I think what a lot of these third world elites, you know, the third world anti-colonial elites, what they saw attractive in communism was a state-planned economy as a protectionist measure to industrialize the country. That's really what the appeal of communism was. But but, but they are are industrialized now, though. Like, why? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a reason why people went with it. But why are they still with it is what I'm trying to puzzle out. Huh. Yeah, I think it's. I think there probably is an ideological factor. There's just a question of like, how the hell would we actually change things if we wanted to? I think the there's just a general like wave that the party elites have become kind of turned into a a very you know tight cast almost like thing in society.
3: Well, there's no better way to prevent communism than to be like, you already have it. It's this is yeah. socialism. <laughs> You're That's the, it's an
1: interesting point. Um, but he That's, is basically like trying to like they are the government's pretty like high profile and pretty far reaching like corrupt anti corruption campaigns and you know there is still kind of like this I mean obviously if you look at like what Xi Jinping thought is it's basically just like yeah we need to have like a foreign policy with with you know more weapons and shit. Um, but it's and it's interesting that it's still kind of cloaked in in this you know with these kind of overtures towards Marxist rhetoric. And I'm still, I'm not entirely sure what that means, but maybe I don't understand enough about the Chinese system it, to be able to say well,
2: so. It's it's basically like with all empires, I guess it's like they have this sort of like founding ideology that they just uh, cling to. No matter how many changes, no matter how society the the empire changes, they still go back to it because it's like sort of a founding mythology it could that be cling so. on to factor of habit yeah it's a I, factor of habit just think about how much liberalism as an ideology overall has changed like just from like Locke and you know from Locke the the framers of the Constitution through Lincoln FDR JFK uh, Bill Clinton Obama just think of how much it's changed and how diverse. Anglo-American liberalism has become in terms of, like, ideological differences within the school of thought and how far removed it is from, like, Locke, just Locke and company and, like, sort of... Yeah,
4: but in the end, what it all has in common is that it affirms the market as the ultimate thing. Yeah. Like, all liberalism does come back to, like, the market
2: in the end. Yeah. Yeah, there's still something there, but for the most part, it's changed a great deal. Mm. Yeah,
4: and I mean Marxism, for instance, and not, I mean not obviously for all Chinese people, but for the Chinese government, is a science of developing the productive forces. I yeah, think that's, that's that's simply what Marxism has become. Is that yeah, it has it's, become a, like it's like a sociological like science. To guide China to develop its productive forces, become a great power.
2: Yeah, and it's also sort of a weird authoritarian bludgeon against resistance to the state. Yeah, it
4: gives it gives people a reason to fight and die for the state as well. Yeah, it it allows have a state. You have to be able to have an army and have an army people willing to fight and die. And so you do need like a, a
2: a cohesive ideology that you know keeps it all together. The remnants yeah. of Stalinism allows them to just bludgeon like labor strikes and that sort of thing that have happened throughout China. It's beautiful in a way.
3: This is ex- this is explored really well in a uh, Comrade Detective, that <laughs> show on like Amazon, where they they constantly are invoking you know communist reasons to be cops and communist reasons to you know have very you know conservative morality and yeah ways and um the, like you know one of the characters like turns in his parents for becoming like you know intellectuals and for like or getting really into commodities for- and fucking and like you know not being good communists and there's yeah. also like uh i don't know there's also this great moment where you know, one of them, one of the cops is just like, calm down. You know, when I get frustrated, I just think to myself, you know, what would Lennon do? Yes. To myself. Yes. What would Lennon do?
0: I ask
4: myself all the time.
0: This bullshit. Gregor. Gregor, relax. This is not helping the situation. And whenever I get frustrated, I just think, what would Lennon do? Gregor. What would Lennon do? Lenin, do what would Lenin do? What would Lenin do? What would Lenin do? What would Lenin do? Lenin would fuck him up! Can I go? That's it for this week. If you'd like to support the show, you can create a Patreon account for us and then put money in it. Um, or, if you want, you could just give us a like on Facebook, share our shit, leave us a review on iTunes. So, until next time, keep your, keep your boots clean, your feet out of the swamp, and your head in the revolutionary clowns of tomorrow.